if I'm an NBA scout and I'm watching him, I'm thinking, well, he's obviously physically gifted and he's going to be an incredible player. He's an okay shooter and he's not hyper aggressive. If he can, if he can find that with the rest of the team around him, I think this could be a tournament team. With the Georgia basketball team and future NBA star Anthony Edwards finishing up the non-conference slate on a high by beating a top 10 Memphis team on the road, the Dogs look to capitalize on their good fortune as they enter into the SEC part of the schedule with visions of a potential NCAA tournament bid just waiting in the wings. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall and you're listening to episode 218 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today in studio by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. Consider this a show of a post-game Sugar Bowl recap, a deep dive into Georgia basketball, a Jake Fromm watch on whether or not he'll be going pro, and depending on when you listen to this episode, Fromm might have made his decision already. And in that case, you'll be able to gauge on whether or not we were good or bad on our predictions on what he would do. We also jump into some recruiting talk with the saga of five-star running back Zach Evans and hit up some Georgia basketball trivia towards the end of the show. So thanks for tuning us in today. Hope you enjoy the show. And here's Tony to get it all started. Um, guys, I have an important announcement to make. What's, this? I What's have, that? I've decided that I am going to stay uh, and do another year of the podcast. All that's, right, good. Welcome awesome. back. Not Welcome leaving. back. Not leaving. Thank, Thank you. You, met, you, you, you checked you. Your, your podcast well, draft stock. I did. I checked my draft stock. I yeah. talked to uh, my, my closest friends and advisors. Wait, no, no, no paid advisors, no by the way. No paid advisors. Just making sure. Spiritual advisors, other advisors. Right. And so you're I, still an amateur. I am still very much still an amateur. Yeah. yeah. I think anybody that listens knows that. Fair fair pay for play has not passed yet. So no, no. Do, do not, the money that you're getting from your Instagram influencer account it would is just, not... It would sully the quality of what we do. Exactly. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. We'll go. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. Really I am, back. of course, already a graduate uh, kicker, <laughs> so I'm long gone. <laughs> See you, suckers. Um, but uh, yeah, so a little time frame for everyone because uh, we wanted to kind of do this show just to kind of clear the deck a little. We have not. We didn't do a post game show after the Sugar Bowl, so this is going to be a quick and dirty. And by quick and dirty, we mean only three and a half hours. Thank but, you. Uh, it's, it's funny to think that like they know how long the show is, but we don't. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> like they they are listening right now, and I have oh, no idea how long. That's right. I think they all expect. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, this is when Tony gets into his dear future listener. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't uh, spoil anything. Right. Come I like how. Tony How are the flying cars that? and the, and the yeah. cold fusion? But no, um, we want to kind of a talk about the sugar bowl a little bit. But we also are coming on the uh, on the eve of a couple kind of important things. So from the get go, we want to note that depending on when you listen to this, um, things may or may not change. The two things that have not happened yet are uh, Jake Fromm has not announced yet whether or not he is going to go pro. It is Monday, uh, January sixth. Supposedly he met with Kirby Smart today. Uh, I suspect an announcement is coming soon. This is the day that Tua Tag Tagville. I never Tagabo, he, he, three Tagabo years. Viola. I never learned to say it. Tagabio. I never learned to say Viola. it. He's got he's got a little brother. We have to. I, I, I'll buy six years. Hopefully, I'll, I'll get it. Wayne. Wayne yeah. Tagabio. Yeah. Yes, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne. Wayne with like three apostrophes. Um, but uh, so we don't know yet what's going to happen with that. So for what it's worth, if he does actually leave, we'll probably do a quick little phone reaction. Yeah. But I think it's a good way of kind of bringing of leading into the idea. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to leave. Um, we can talk about that one in a second. But the second thing is this is also on the eve of Kentucky, Georgia, yeah. which is the, which we're also going to talk some basketball later. So if the, so if that's already happened, know that we're going to be kind of previewing that a little bit. But otherwise, uh, we wanted to kind of talk about the Sugar Bowl before it became too late to talk about the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So the real question of the Sugar Bowl, did everybody make it to the end? I did. What happened? Yeah. I, I will confess. Wait my, a minute. Wait. No spoilers, guys. Oh, I, I will confess. My son yes. did nudge me halfway through the fourth quarter. It got a little long. At halftime, at halftime, I because I, not me, guys. He I was a, there. He took a nap during the game uh, during the day, and then we woke him up right before the game started. And so he was on the couch, and I was on the couch, and everyone else was in bed. And at halftime, I'm like, William, just I'm just gonna lay down for just a second. And then he was whacking me in the head with something right in the third Good quarter. Kickoff was coming off, and then fourth quarter, I started to close my eyes just a little bit, and then he was right on me, uh, yeah. uh, waking me up. So. so I have a question. I wonder if the 12 receptions and 160-whatever yards that George, Pich- George Pickens had might have an influence on Jake Fromm to think, like, if I stay around, this guy's top-notch, I've got a number one, and then if Blaylock comes back healthy and then a couple of these stud-wide receivers are bringing in, step up, maybe I got something cooking here. Uh, plus plus Washington, the six foot seven. Tight end, all athlete, number one recruit is coming. Also, as I well. would I would certainly think as awesome as Pickens was, and he was awesome, and as as excited as I've been about him all year, right. and as far as he seems to have come, I think of Jake Fromm is making if he's making his decisions based on the reliability of George Pickens, <laughs> uh, I would be very wary of that. I love the guy, I sure. love the guy, but uh, I, I would I I wouldn't put all my eggs in the George Pickens basket. I, I think if you want to take something away from that talk away take away the game that Coley called that's what you take away from that um especially early uh there was some legitimate reason to be excited about the play calls um strangely enough it started like the past six games um shake looked rusty Mm -hmm. there were drops it was you wondered uh, if it was going to be like zero zero in the third quarter yeah yeah it looked like it had the potential to be that way um to give Coley credit he, I don't think he panicked in his play calling and tried to do something different. I think they had a plan that they thought would work against Baylor. It doesn't hurt when the defense plays the way they did, um, which is something that I will harken back to immediately. And, um, you know, I think – so I was listening to PAPN today, and um, it was it was Ryan Nanny with, um, with uh, Godfrey. And, you know, Godfrey is – I get part of their shtick is they don't they don't like Georgia and that's fine. Uh, they don't like Kirby, that's fine, and that's probably not undeserved. In the to thing, be clear, for those that don't listen to the podcast, it's not that they personally hate the University of Georgia no, or they no. personally hate Kirby Smart. They think the offense is boring. They don't they don't get excited watching Georgia football. Well, I think Ryan personally hates Georgia. He's a Florida. Well, he's a Florida guy. Yeah, but like um, Godfrey doesn't personally like Godfrey's a Northwestern guy. He he therefore hates himself. He, he went to Ole Miss. Um, <laughs> he's got he has plenty of stuff. Right. Um, so, but the thing that they don't like about it, of course, is that and they're not wrong. They we hired Kirby to become Alabama um, and. Frankly, we're still running, and you've heard it here, we're running the offense Alabama was running in 2012. Um, I think what that discounts in talking about, I mean, we said it here on the podcast, you know, first team, I think we all thought if we got to 20 points, we would win the football game. Well, lo and behold, that's exactly what it was. And I think we all had the range of the game somewhere in the mid-20s to Baylor having in the teens. Um, when your defense plays the way it does, it does give you some leeway in probably – appeals to lesser offensive angels to be a little more conservative. I don't think Georgia got that way until the middle of the fourth quarter. Um, 
didn't think they really had to. I would have loved to see them keep their foot on the gas a little bit, um, and probably especially once you know once Brewer went out, um, I felt like that we became super conservative because we thought we're just They're not, not going back, to do anything right. else. Not on defense, they weren't conservative. Well, no, defensively, we're talking about offensively, yeah. but you know, I, I, I get I'll it. Put a pin in the defense too. Yeah, we definitely need to talk. Yeah, about we that. got something. On, yeah. Um, so the, I think if you want to take away something, it's the game Coley called. Um, and frankly, it's the game Jake Fromm played. Uh, his pat that over the shoulder pass that he threw to Pickens in like the dead corner of the end zone. Yeah. I'm not saying if I'll pass. Yeah. Um, and we have seen him. We've seen him throw it. But it's just right? not many this year. Yeah, but that wasn't a back shoulder pass. That yeah. was an over the shoulder. Put it so your guy gets two feet in bounds at the pylon. It was perfect. Uh, what's that pattern? It's not a pylon pattern. Whatever that. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, flag. Flag. It was a perfect flag route. Um, and then, of course, cuz, he ran a fake field goal and it worked! It worked! Oh my God! It was a pretty one, too. And if he doesn't trip, my man Jake yeah. gets a touchdown. Which I, I'm, well, I think I'm glad he didn't because, I mean, Samir White got a Todd Gurley-esque touchdown yeah. run. Um, you know, there is nothing to be... Look, we said, or we said, I think I said, that, you know, Georgia should be able to out-talent Baylor, right? Yes, you can make the argument that Georgia's out talented Baylor. The thing I would say about that is that Georgia had a game plan. Kirby Smart and his coaches got the team ready to play in a way they did not last year, and it definitely showed. And that uh, flea flicker to Swift was absolutely scripted. Oh, 100%. He's, yeah, he's you bring, been, he's I mean, it's Swift's first play. Right? You bring Swift bring in. in. They're yeah. going to key on him. Yeah. That was a great play call right yeah. now. You know what it reminded me of a little bit of, if you wanted something optimistic of this, it reminded me a little bit of the Liberty Ball. Yep. Remember we talked about that when they played TCU, about how we've been, been kind of so frustrated with the play calling, particularly the play calling, the conservative play calling that led them to lose to Georgia Tech yep. in the game right before that. We were all kind of frustrated. And then the Liberty Ball, they got a little goofy, and they tried some – I think they had a flea flicker in that game. They had a couple – I think they had a halfback pass in that game. They tried some goofier stuff. And, again, these are not one-to-one analogies, but – uh, the offense did end up looking a little better uh, the year after the Liberty Bowl, to say the very least. So certainly you, there's reason to be encouraged. Uh, to me, if there's uh, just as encouraging, is that uh, a whole bunch of backups looked awesome on defense. Yeah. I, and before we go to defense, I do want to talk about the offensive line really quickly oh, yeah, yeah. because we did have three starters out on the offensive line. Um no one at me about this. I'm not saying Matt Luke is a better recruiter, coach, whatever than Sam Pittman. He's certainly serviceable. I think they clearly he, like him. They clearly the like him. <laughs> um, I, for one, would love to see Joe, Joe Moorhead on staff since he's been fired from Ole Miss. He got fired from Ole Miss, guys. No, it's uh, Mississippi State. A Mississippi State. I mean, there there's some fun Joe Moorhead, Matt Luke like fire in the coaching room there stuff that could go down. I don't think it will, but um but that offensive line we looked good. I mean, I think we were all legitimately worried a little bit about what would happen. Um I think after the first three, two, three drives, they got their legs under them and really started playing together well as a team. Uh, and then defensively, dude, all those young guys, it was a coming out party for I mean, seen and um, I mean, just name name somebody, and then LeCount's coming back. Yeah. Stokes is coming back. God, I mean, the defense could be better next year, which is hard to say considering we were first, second, third, and SP plus defense. Um, what fifth in scoring defense, fourth in total yards defense. I mean, 
the, the good news is, is that the defense is better. If you want to say something about the offense, that does lead you to think the offense could be conservative again because it can be. I think it further proves how dynamic and awesome LSU's offense is. Yeah. Well, it also speaks to the idea that, like, if they're like that, and again, they're not going to burrow, but like now when you face an offense like that, you still. Maybe you can hold them to 28. The question is whether you can score 28 We're uh, score 30. in that game. Of course, that's another thing that happened this week um, was now when Georgia plays that week three game uh, against Alabama, they will not be facing Tua. Yep. They will be facing... Mac Jones? Mac Jones or transfer quarterback to be named later. Or Wayne Tagabaloya. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is definitely are, are we Are we officially going to call him Wayne from now on? <laughs> yeah. I think no we should. Question. If for no other reason, just... Yeah, yeah and, and, and just to appease the audience, there was no Nick Fromm or Chris Fromm sightings in no, the Nick, Sugar no, Bowl as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I feel like... Uh, but I, it was... That was what you wanted. To me, the larger point about the game was, A, the, the obviously the offensive play calling was... was was more interesting, I would say. And the the defense looked the way you'd like them to look even with other people out. I think the real takeaway from the game is they came ready to play. Yep. They came ready to play. And And they'd been doubted on social media and in articles all week. And I kind of had that funny feeling that maybe it would be the opposite of that, which is. And whatever. Like, it's not just the team. I mean, like, fans really didn't show up. Like, there was nobody there. And and I think that that speaks. It's got, like, not just, not just are they disappointed to make the national, they make the playoff. They're playing in the same bowl. In the same stadium, against a lesser that everybody opponent. Tell to. Yeah, and don't be wrong; it's still New Orleans, and New Orleans is awesome. But it's hard. I get it, and I understand. I absolutely, well, absolutely. Take the last twenty-four months of Georgia football fans; they're kind of like guys. I'm tapped out on on cash and of course, traveling around, of course, of course. And so the idea that you could still get Tony your team up, yeah, yeah. If you're tapped out on cash, you can't pay the nine dollars to sit in the upper <laughs> deck. No, nah, seriously. Like there was a point. There was a no decision point at like eleven o'clock, and was like. Okay, I get in the car right now and still make <laughs> the game. It'd have been fun, man. That would yeah. have been fun. That'd have yeah. been a fun experience. You know, maybe that. if you're 15 years younger, you road trip <laughs> with your buddies. Oh, yeah, there's no question. Well, it's it's fun. No, it's that funny. would make me do it because because in, in 15 years ago I could totally afford the nine dollars. Like, yeah, that'd be, well, that'd be a right, major yeah. appealing thing for me 15 years ago. Yeah. No, Wayne and I literally had the conversation at 11 o'clock in the morning. I was like, we could get in the car and go oh, right now. Good. And be there in time. Still get a meal. And you go. and two his brother? We're going to go. Not Wayne. Wayne Williams. Wayne, yeah, not yes. a different Wayne. Yes. No relation. Tailgate husband. They're not related. Tailgate husband, husband Wayne. But, um, so, yeah, so to me, that, that if, if you, for all the frustration and all the talk, and listen, what did we talk about the last time we were all together? Uh, do we think Kirby's probably going to be stubborn and not going to make any sort of change to the office coordinator? And he didn't. And um, yet, yet, yes. I, th- I think, I mean, with Scott Fountain gone, I think that allows him to do. I, my guess is, if I had to guess, he's going to hire somebody to come in and be a quarterback coach. I, I have no reason to – there's right. nothing that I've seen that makes me think that other than this is Tony talking, I think. Um, and the reason I think that is that it is clear that um, – it's clear quarterback play has been a thing this year. And as much as you want to think, okay, Coley's got it and Hankton's got it and – Whoever the running back coach is, I can I can't keep it because McGee has it. You bring in a quarterback whisperer. Well, I'll say let's. This is a good way to get the next question. It depends on where the front comes back, right? Probably <laughs> that's not unfair. Not unfair. And 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 I think that this may be a good time to have that conversation. Uh, and for the record, it's possible when you listen to this that you already know whether Jake Fromm has gone listening. pro or not. And you are. Uh, and also, let me know like. Is, is are we at war? Like what's going on? Anyway, we don't know. Uh, but 
either way, future listener, I I think the I think uh, everybody drink. Seth Emerson has put it at seventy five twenty five for From to come back. I'll be honest, that strikes me as high. Strikes me as a little high. I don't think it's fifty fifty. I think it's more likely that he comes back than he doesn't. Seventy five twenty five strikes me as a little high. I think I think that when you've got, I don't think Tua really changes it one way or the other because if he comes out next year, he's still got you know he's still got. Uh, then he's got Justin Fields, Justin Fields, and Jordan Lawrence. So uh, um, Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, why did I say Jordan Lawrence? That's his brother. That's his brother. His brother. Yeah. So that's actually his sister. Yeah. Just about right. social media. Yeah. Jordy. Jordy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Trevor Lawrence. Like he's got two big quarterbacks. Next year, if you look at the mock drafts, the one I saw one today that had him going the second round to Carolina. Uh, if he and that's no assured, nothing assured, obviously. But if I'm Jake Fromm and I get a draft stock thing that says I'm going in the second round, you really got to seriously consider going. Uh, and because I'm not sure there's a way he gets pushed into the first round next year, even if he has an incredible year. Maybe he gets pushed in the first round if he, has, if he has an absolutely incredible year. But right now, here's a question. Most mock drafts I have seen have him going after Jacob Eason. Well, I think it goes back and forth whether or not yeah. Eason's the fourth or he's right. the fourth. Right. Um, I, I think it really depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if you're looking for a team whose offense, it depends on the teams and where they draft too. Right? If you're looking for a team like Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta wants a big arm quarterback. They want somebody that can put the ball down the field, like Matt Ryan. That's what their offense, the way their offense runs. Uh, there are other offenses that run more on the West Coast, more on the back shoulder, um, precision passing. Um, the Kirk Cousins offense. Kirk Cousins offense, right? Um, you know, those are the teams that are going to be after Jake, and that's probably. That's probably one of the most interesting thought processes, and I am by no means tuned in to NFL quarterback or offensive scheme, but that's probably one of the most interesting things that you see now. It's like you see the variability across the NFL in the same way you see it across college football with one exception is the NFL doesn't run like true spread concepts, although a couple teams do. I mean, I guess you want to look at Baltimore. Um, that's what I was thinking. Arizona's going uh, in that Houston, direction. Uh, with, in, in, even, but, the sea, even the Seahawks a little bit. But it so. requires special athletes. And I think that, yes. that's, a, that's a little bit of a thing that, like, I think it's gotten lost a little bit. That, think about, did you see the game in Buffalo? Josh Allen was running around. He had over 100 yeah, yards. Yeah, but Allen is a special. Like, Allen he gets is, lost yes. a little bit. Yeah. He is a special athlete. But I mean, like, who, He's not Kyler Murray, but he is. An, yeah, but who in, the, who in the draft is that special athlete right now? I you, mean, to a healthy to a healthy Burrow, probably. I mean, Burrow, special I mean, can, athlete. Not, I mean, not he's Kyler not Murray. he's not a guy you're going to ask to run the ball ten times right, a game. Right. Whereas, uh, whereas I think uh, Fields is. Yeah, Tua um, is. Well, I'm talking about will they come out this yeah, year? Yeah, right. And so, yeah, Justin Herbert's definitely not. Yeah, yeah. and Easton obviously isn't. Um, Herbert, I mean, he is he is more than anybody I can think of, except for Tua, and I'm not sure you want to do that. With you know, Tua. if I'm Kirby and I want Jake to stay, which I'm sure he does, I just pull him aside and I say, look at this quarterback a kind of you know a blind test look at his draft stock last year it was nothing and now he's predicted to be the first pick right. overall which is a good, because yeah. of joe burrow That's i mean think about his meteoric rise and that could be you because he's famously quoted saying that yeah we run the same offense that lsu runs yeah you don't but um but yes but maybe get a passing game coordinator because that opening happened and who knows i mean that i mean and also i mean i agree that would be the case to be made 
Um, I'm still not sure, even if he has an incredible year like that, he's going above Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But I, and I, but the NFL would draft Lawrence right now if they could. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they would draft got him last year if they could have. Um, yeah. That's the que- the, the question he's got to answer. And I have to, tell you, I think it is a tougher decision than people give it credit for. Oh, I think it is because I'm not. The question is. How much different is it going to – like next year he's probably the third or fourth quarterback just like he's the fourth fourth or fifth quarterback next year just like he's the fourth or fifth quarterback this year unless he has a borough year, which is a big bet, I have to say, because like Fromm has obviously been really, really good for Georgia on many different occasions. He's never been that – and like do you think Kirby Smart is actually going to run an offense like LSU well, runs? Plus he doesn't have Jamar Chase or Jordan Jefferson walking through the door either. Yeah, and, and LSU doesn't have – Six running backs uh, like Illinois, like Georgia's going to have all of this time. So, well, the other thing to look at, and this is something that again I can't really assess, is that is it better for Jake Fromm to be drafted somewhere early in the second round rather than late in the first round? Um, you know, if you get someone who I mean, I'm sorry, late in the first round rather right. than early in the second round, because you get somebody that's drafted late in the first round. They probably made the playoffs. They're probably good at quarterback. For a while. Um, as opposed to somebody, if you're going to draft a quarterback with your second pick, you might be looking for them to step on the field and be the quarterback sometime season one. And I don't know that that's – my personal feeling is there are very few people who can actually do that really well. Kyler Murray is one of them. Well, of course, one of the advantages Kyler Murray had is the whole offense was, was built around specifically yeah, right. built I mean, they around hired him. a coach right. because they got him. And, and that's not going to happen for Jake Fromm. No, no. I mean, but, you know, you could even make the argument that, okay, Baker Mayfield was awesome the first four games. Once yeah. people figured him out, you know, he basically was – I mean, basically, it was Johnny Manziel. I mean, I take that back. That's not fair because I think Baker is actually a better NFL quarterback yeah. than Manziel was. Um, but, you know, I think those are all things you've got to look at if you're Jake Fromm. Uh, and again, dear future listener, you're listening to this after 8.15 on <laughs> Monday the 6th, so you probably know far more about this than we do. He but, could be the guy that follows Brady if he comes out because that's about where they're going to be picking, <laughs> and they probably need a quarterback. Well, that would be. I have to say, if he's going to get drafted by Belichick, he should go. Oh, just to be 100%. very clear, <laughs> yes. be very or even Green Bay, you know, sit behind Aaron Rodgers yeah. like how he did with Favre. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if they'd had and listen, if they'd had patience, they'd have Garoppolo right now mm-hmm. uh, rather than their current situation. But regardless. To me, I still feel like he probably stays because it's just close enough on the edges to where I think you can make the burrow argument or make the help help yourself out. But that said, let's say he comes back next year and he still can't trust his receivers and the offense or and or it is the offense very conservative and he never gets really a chance to kind of show his stuff. There's one thing about having one year of that, mm-hmm. having two years of that, then you're probably not going in the second round, and you can hurt yourself in that way. Yeah, so. you sound like a good dad giving a son some advice yeah. because that makes sense. Yeah, uh, like, you know, like right now, if you think Jake Fromm is a second round quarterback, as I think a lot of people do, your argument is this was a weird year. They had a new offensive coordinator. They the receivers were an issue all year. Cager was hurt. Pickens wasn't ready. All the things that we know about it, and it got him off his game and it got his office rhythm. But we saw what he can do his freshman and sophomore year. We believe we'll be able to get that guy. If you have two years like that, and that is not entirely in Jake Fromm's control. If you have two years like that, then no one is going to – No, you can't make that argument after two years. So I, I think it is a tougher call. I really do think yeah. it's a tough yeah, call. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think he's coming back, 
but I do think it's a tough call. Yeah. Um, so let's take a quick second to talk about Zach uh, Evans. Uh, in case you don't know, Zach Evans is a five-star, the number one running back in the class that uh, everyone, including my mom, thought was going to sign with Georgia, allegedly submitted his national letter of intent um, and was waiting to the uh, Under Armour All-Star game, I think, to announce his uh, decision. Um, he was supposed to do something in the fourth quarter sometime around halftime. He said he, that would not be happening. Made some cryptic statements about apologizing to coaches. Uh, here we are four days later, and it is now looking more and more likely that he will not come to the University of Georgia. Um, in case you haven't been paying attention, he was sent home from the Texas State Championship game because he had some sort of row with his coach over s- social media or something. Um, I'm, I'm not saying any of these things to disparage Zach Evans. If the University of Georgia has decided that they don't want Zach Evans to come on campus, you're talking about the number one running back in the class. There's a reason for that. I will leave it at that. I am not trying to say, and look, Zach Evans might have decided not to come to Georgia. And if that's the case, I mean, he did sign a, allegedly did sign a letter of intent. He said he signed a letter of intent. Um, Georgia has not submitted it, apparently, um, which means Georgia would have to release him from it, but he would uh, he would not be, he, he can go play anywhere. Uh, there was a guy that had done that with, I want to say Washington, ended up in Alabama. Um and so this isn't similar to what Roquan did. No, what Roquan did is not sign his letter of intent. Mm-hmm. Um, Ali Keho was the question. yeah Ali Keho. That's right. Um, but it, look, it's a weird situation. And for what it's worth, Georgia, from all accounts, will release him from his letter if he decides to go. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Uh, yeah, I think. And I think. I mean, it'd be a bad. Why, not you know, to, why would you? I mean, right. first off, you you take a letter from him, tell him he can't come there, and also keep him from playing. Right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out over the next few days about this. I, like I said, I, I'm the only thing that we know that are facts are that Zach Evans was supposed to announce last week. He decided not to announce. Um, and there are still spots in Georgia's recruiting class where a player or players could be signed. Yeah. Um, and, and there are a lot of sources saying that Georgia... That he committed to Georgia. He signed a letter of intent with Georgia. And Georgia has gone back to him and said, thank you, but we don't want you here. Right. That is is what sources are saying. Yes. Um, We don't know. It's not confirmed, obviously. Kirby Smart couldn't confirm that if he wanted to. Right. Nope. Uh, Look, Georgia... And and that might not be true. It could also be that he decided he doesn't... Want to play here. That's right. That's possible, too. But certainly, I would say the overarching narrative... From your shady recruiting source people. And for the record, there's nothing shadier than like recruiting it's, reporting. It's, there's a lot. Like yeah. there's 17 year olds, there's all their parents, there's all their families, there's everything. Like it's a shady, weird business. But I mean, recruiting is weird. Imagine, is shady. Imagine how shady reporting on recruiting is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, that seems to be the overarching takeaway. Right. And, and the part about it that, that there will be some. Maybe blowback's not the right way of putting it. With Evans, Georgia probably jumps Alabama and maybe Clemson for the top spot. Um, as it is, we're second or third, depending on which of the services you pay attention to. Um, would it be? Would I be excited to have the number one running back in the class recruited at Georgia this year? Yeah, of course. Um, am I perfectly fine with that 
player signing someone else, even if he goes on to be really good, if Georgia's coaches think that he is not going to be a good cultural fit or going to be a problem in the, the locker room or for whatever reason think he's going to be a problem on campus, yeah, of course. Um, Plus you got Kendall Milton coming in. Well, you do have Milton come in. Right? Yeah, but I mean, the whole idea is that yeah. you're stacking. Right, you stack, stack those up. Stack I mean, that's, that would be like saying no to Todd Gurley just because you have Keith Marshall come in. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't. I mean, we, I, I, one of us at this table famously thought that Gurley was going to redshirt. So um, I put that, I put that shit on the internet. Um, don't go back and look. But yeah, I just, I, I went, I felt it, bare, I, I felt it bared mentioning considering how much. How much smoke there was around his recruiting, um, how big a deal recruiting is to some, probably some of our listeners, and um, and he's the number one running back. And the fact is, wherever he ends up going, he's now going to be someone that we track. Yeah, of course. For, what was his other to top four or five? I think Texas A and M is on there. A and M, Alabama, LSU. Yeah, huh. so he's likely to end up in, in LSU. Yeah. and he's from Texas. He's North from Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah. A and M is probably the most likely place. If I had to guess, yeah. So that's fine. If he, if he landed somewhere, that's where you want him to go. Sure, yeah. Somewhere else. Yeah. Somewhere not else. not Bama or LSU. Well, Arizona would be great. But, um, <laughs> uh, we've got spots at Illinois. Yeah. Luke Ford can talk about Luke being Luke Ford can a, talk uh, about being Kirby Smart expat. Yeah. So, all right. So Basketball. we're done with football because else, we have some bouncy hoops to talk about. <laughs> Get on into it then. So for those of you that missed Saturday, uh, Georgia had what I would argue is probably their Biggest win since I moved to Athens in basketball. Um, and I, I don't necessarily mean their most important win. They had some wins in 13, in 14, what was the other one tournament? 14? 14. Um, where they got them into the tournament. Though, for the record, my friend Matt Norlander, who, is, who runs the great uh, On College Basketball podcast, has, has argued that that Georgia team that made the tournament is one of the worst at-large bids in, uh, in the last 10 years. But whatever, they made it and they got killed by Michigan State. Yeah, Matt, you don't know. You probably know. Yeah, he knows. Um, but they won at number nine, Memphis. Now, I think Memphis is probably not actually a top 10 team, but they are a top 20 team. And to win on the road and to win on the road on a game where Anthony Edwards does not have a good game, in which uh, Hammonds has an okay game. But really, it was Wheeler. Wheeler is the man. Every Wheeler, the, every, there's nothing about that dude that is not exciting. Uh, Kamara is coming on uh, yeah. as well, and I think Hammonds is playing yeah. really well. Christian Brown is starting to come around, which yeah. to me, if you look at the recruiting rankings, it was Edwards, obviously, but Brown, and not Wheeler, not Kamara, not some of these other freshmen. It was Brown that was the second highest recruiting uh, guy, guy on the recruiting list. Uh, he's starting to come around. The defense. They were playing kind of the Crean defense, and that's that to me is the difference. It's it's worth noting, um, George. If you're doing uh, if you're doing bracketology stuff, and it's a little early for that. And in fact, um, Joe and I did his bracketology, and Georgia's still not to be mentioned on that. But the thing is, is Georgia has two key things. The thing they were heading into this week that had an advantage of they had no bad losses. They lost to Arizona, excuse me, lost to Arizona State, who is okay, but you lost on the road, so that's not going to kill you too much. You lost to Michigan State, who's probably going to be a top one or two seed. You lost to Dayton, who's going to be a top one, two, three, four seed. And you lost to... Uh, Just that's three it. losses. That's it. That's that's it. it. And yeah. so no bad losses. That Chaminade loss would have been a very bad oh loss. Oh, my God. But they didn't lose, so it doesn't matter. that The game doesn't even count as long as you don't lose it. So 
but they didn't have any wins yet. They didn't have any like good, solid, awesome wins. The best one was probably SMU at home. SMU's which probably, is probably still a quad one win. It's but okay, barely. quad two probably. You um, think so? But winning on the road at Memphis is a signature win. That if you, oh, well, it's on CBS's game of the week. Yes, and the reason it was a CBS game of the week it was it was supposed to be the top two recruits, yeah. uh, Wiseman, Memphis's guy, and Edwards, Georgia. Wiseman end up. I would argue quite reasonably not coming back to Memphis after the NCAA fined him $12,000, even though he does not actually get a salary, which is weird. Um, so he said, screw you guys. I'm not coming back as any normal person would. So now, as I wrote my New York Magazine column, which I encourage everyone to read this week, there are of the top five lottery picks. Uh, there is uh, in the, next, uh, the expected lottery picks in the next NBA draft. There's only one playing college basketball right now, uh, Anthony Edwards. So uh, he has a huge, huge game Tuesday night, national television, 9 o'clock start, Georgia-Kentucky. Georgia hosts Kentucky. Kentucky is actually 13 or 14. They're actually below, I believe, uh, Memphis. But um, uh, the top 25 hasn't come out. But one thing that has not happened through all of these ups and downs of Georgia basketball, I would argue one of the reasons that Mark Fox got fired is Georgia has just never had the talent to compete with Kentucky. They've never beaten Kentucky. They've had some valiant games. Always been my, one of my favorite games ever here was a game where Yante Mitten got hurt in the first five minutes, and J.J. Frazier just went nuts and still, and they almost, sorry, they almost beat Kentucky but didn't. This is, poor Scott is like barely keeping his eyes open just talking about basketball. I'm going to take back those tickets that I've well, cried out loud. But uh, this is, this is, has a possibility. What you wanted out of this second-year team with, with Edwards is you want big Edwards moments and then all the freshmen to get a little bit better. That Memphis game made an argument they may be ahead of pace a little bit, and I would argue this game against Kentucky is probably the biggest game that Georgia has had uh, probably since I moved here in 2013. Yeah. And, I, I, uh, national television, everyone wants to see Anthony Edwards, who did not play well against Memphis, and has been spotty. I think the problem with Edwards is he's – I think he is – he's so talented and so gifted and so obviously played for the, for the NBA. But he's also very chill. He's yeah. very chill. Well, his post-game interview. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, no, we just, we shut up. Yeah. Yeah. He's very charismatic, but he's very chill. Well, I enjoyed hearing yeah. him give all the love to the teammates, too. Yeah. I mean, you expect to hear that, but it, it seemed really genuine what as was he's fun, standing there next to But what cream. was so fun about the Michigan State game that they lost was he just said, oh, I'm the best player here, uh, playing against, by the way, the probable national player of the year. Uh, I'm the best player here. I'm just going to take the game over. And he did it. We've not actually seen that probably since we've had games. He has these quiet 24-point games, which is what truly great players do. They have, like, quiet 24-point games. But we, that we have not seen him truly take over in a way. He tends to not get a lot of loose balls. He tends to—he lets Wheeler and those guys go for the loose stuff. We've not to see him—if I'm an NBA scout and I'm watching him, I'm thinking, well, he's obviously physically gifted and he's going to be an incredible player. He's an okay shooter, and he's not hyper-aggressive. If he, can, if he can find that with the rest of the team around him, I think this could be a tournament team. 
Well, yeah, like the Memphis win was the first top 10 road win in 15 years yeah. for Georgia. Um, it jumped Georgia up to 36 in the net rankings. By the way, if you pay attention to those things, the net rankings is one of the metrics that the tournament selection committee uses. Uh, they don't just draw a line at 64, obviously, um, but as an at-large team at 36, that is very good. Just a little note, Kentucky is 37th, even though they're ranked uh, 13th or 14th or 15th, somewhere in there. Um yeah, I mean, this is the type of game where if Georgia can come out and win the game, you will go from uh, – Lunardi will absolutely put them Oh, I mean, in, they, they might be in right. the top 25. Well, I think Lunardi puts them in the bracket. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think they're top 25. I think they got a but, chance to be top 25 with um, two wins like that, no bad losses, yeah. and no so – I got a question. Yeah. I don't really understand top 25 basketball rankings. Just, and It's like football rankings. I know, I know. But, but what I think of is Kentucky has a similar record to Georgia. Mm-hmm. They've lost to Evansville or yeah. something yes, like that Evansville. at home. They've had a couple other rough games. Why are they so highly ranked? Well, Is it just because of the name? No, I think it's the talent. Yeah. And it's like also losses are more acceptable in college basketball regular season. Yeah. Where you can lose. Like no one actually thinks that Kentucky isn't as good as Evansville. Like they're obviously better than Evansville. Weird things happen. It's a long season. This is why Kentucky is the number one. But like you don't really – they also beat Michigan State, who is... Okay, so uh, I was like, wondering if they had yeah. any mark, you know, like, primo have, wins right. out there. They have a good win. I mean, it's also all... It's also all, well, it's yeah. not well, they like, beat Kansas the yeah. first game of the season. It's not, like, done by a committee. Like, it's it's voters. And a lot of it is narrative-based. A lot of it is momentum-based. Uh, but that's why I think Georgia will be in yeah. if they if they went yeah. in. Even if you don't think they're a top 25 team, I think they'll be in. Like, Memphis was in the top 10. Because they haven't actually had a really tough game in a while, so they've strung together. Like they beat Tennessee, which is probably their best win. But, but I mean, you beat back to back top twenty five teams. You're go- you're going in the top twenty five. If you if you're if you're by then they'll be eleven and three. Yeah, they'll be in the top. 25. I mean, look, Auburn didn't get into the top twenty five until they were eleven and one, which or eleven and zero, which I was fine with. Uh, they can leave Auburn out yeah. forever, as far as I'm concerned. And but more to the point, you know, when Tom Crean was hired, the whole idea was to bring like if you the game day atmosphere is better yeah. uh he's been much more active like promoting the team fox famously was like i just coach i just coach green has been Can't deal all with all hype that. all uh and like bringing in his recruiting classes trying to have these big moments this is the big moment like this is tuesday night it's kentucky Kentucky might not be here next year. It's not every year that Kentucky comes to town. This is the one time where Georgia's going to have a top five draft pick coming off a road win uh, against a top 10 team playing Kentucky with a chance to make the top 25 MK. So it's, it's going to be as, as, as exciting of a game as so I So what time are you setting up the tailgate, Tony? Um, actually, well, I'm going to, thanks for all. I am going to the game. Um, believe me, I would tailgate if, if I didn't think I'd get run off from up there. Um, look, this is also, it's important for Georgia fans to focus on the long game here. And I don't mean that as a say, as a way to downplay whatever happens this season. I think Georgia I think Georgia can get this is this team is showing signs that they can get hot and make a run to the tournament. Um especially if Edwards steps up and yeah. starts taking over games the way he yeah. he he's capable. And of. this is the time to do it. Like and this you're is the time to do it. You do it against Kentucky. You're playing against other top recruits. Right. Yeah, it's bl- the the blue blood program, especially right. in the conference, yeah. right? Um so but you know what Cream really is doing. He's trying to spark something here because he has, and we got like five freshmen getting significant yeah. playing time. Uh, of course, four of them will be back next year. 
and probably the year after that. That's when you start looking to make a run, when you get those guys that have been playing together for a good class coming years. in next year. I mean, there's like, a good yeah. class coming in next year, right? I mean, this is actually the – I mean, this is probably the way Crean would – prefer to, to do it. He's not a one-and-done coach. It's not his thing. But what you get with Edwards is you get excitement. You get excitement. And, it's and a, you get National Pub. Yes. And, and it is amazing to me, too, to watch guys like Tyree Crump, who's a senior, has been around for Georgia for four years. He talks – he's around Anthony Edwards. You would think that he was the freshman and Edwards was the senior. They, yeah. like, revere him. Like, everybody knows – He's going to the league. Everybody knows he'll be in the league next year. He is making a special cameo appearance here at Georgia, and he is treated accordingly. Sometimes I think that hurts him a little bit in that they – even in that Memphis game, you saw yeah. they would dump it down. Like there were things that were working with Wheeler and with Hammonds, and they would dump it down to Edwards because he's the man. And and I, and I think it would hurt them sometimes, but – I think that speaks to an excitement about the program that they've got that dude. And again, there's no other top five picks in college basketball right now. Yeah. It's only Edwards. Well, and if you think about it, the postgame show, Clark Kellogg is interviewing Anthony Edwards, not Severe Wheeler or even Hammond. I mean, so he's, he's another there. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So. And look, and know, that matters. That no, I, know, I get deal. it. I get that it. Makes a big, that's a big deal. I mean, look, and one final thing about the Memphis game. I mean, Georgia held a Memphis team that was in the top 25 of offensive efficiency on. I mean, they had two shot clock violations the last six minutes of the game. They just played defense in a way that I hadn't seen. I'd been waiting for Tom Crean's teams to play defense this way, but they had not played defense this way. Um, And it felt like the further they went in the game, the better defense they were playing. Um, And then you had the magical Wheeler moment where he just like, he picked a pass off and went, he went, you know, basically foul line to foul line. That is awesome. At five, nine and a half. He held off a guy that was like six five, who is probably going to play in the NBA. Um, he held him off with his body and got a shot off, and ended up getting fouled. And that is, I mean, you can't discount how important that is to um, when you have role players around a player like Edwards who will be able to step up as they get more mature. And that's what you want out of a young team is that they start playing better together and playing with more confidence and are looking less to Edwards to step up and help them and playing more as complimentary pieces to Edward. Um, which is why I'm like, I, I would have agreed with Will uh, three, uh, th- a month and a half ago, George is not a, a tournament team, right? Um, still not 100% willing to say we are, but this is the sort of team that can get hot and can go on a run and make noise as a 10 seed. I and mean, it they, just is. And if they beat Kentucky. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to be – I mean, it's it's going to be a thing. Right. It's going to be a whole thing if they beat Kentucky. Agreed. And good – come on board, everybody. Come on board. Just, plenty of room on the bandwagon. Don't, don't take my seats. That's all I ask. Yeah. Um, See, that wasn't too bad. Just yeah. a little basketball. No, I, like, I like it. I just don't understand it as well as I understand football, and so I like to – kind of listen to y'all to learn a little bit of the lingo. And one last thing. If you think that a lot of people are like, well, George's never going to be a premier basketball program until they get a better facility or whatever. Come to Stegman. That's guys, nice. guys, oh. it is not what you remember from college. It's just not. I did not. not realize that until I went, my son, my son's obsessed with Yale basketball. He's actually going to New Haven to watch a game. You mentioned that. In a couple of weeks. Uh, his grandfather and his aunt went there. Uh, and not, on, not obviously not on my side. All the leeches. Uh, yeah, not the leeches. Not by, the, uh, the, <clears throat> the, the, the leeches, that, no one on the leeches side even bothered with like the technical college. They just, they just, <laughs> they, just uh, they, 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 they. Oh, you fancy. You went to East. They dropped out and went to, got to work as well what they did yeah. um 
But anyway, um, so he's obsessed with it. So we went to Yale at Clemson. Uh, Yale played at Clemson over the holidays, and we went to Little John Coliseum, which just went through a full renovation. That place is not nearly as good as Stegman. Stegman, I think, is a above-average, if just slightly above-average, college basketball facility. I think it gets a reputation around here as not a good place. I don't know why. I wonder if it, if it, was, it used to be just barren and terrible when you guys were in college. It was barren and terrible in college. And now I think it's one of the prettiest, uh, at least monoliths, whatever you want to call it, outside looking yeah. in with the way they put the glass up there. Yeah, I think it's – I have to tell you, I mean, I go to – I've been to a lot – of college basketball games. And I would say it is in the top third of basketball. Games. So how would you rank where they played on Saturday, the FedEx Forum, versus – is that more of like a well, FedEx professional? Forum is where, it's where the Memphis Grizzlies play. Okay. So, so that, that is – I mean, that's obviously bigger. In, and what about the Pyramid? Wasn't that – Well, the Pyramid's gone. It's not yeah, a Bass Pro Shop. Okay. The Pyramid is literally a Bass Pro oh, Shop. The world's largest Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> okay. I mean, look. Like, it, he's not kidding. It is literally a Bass Pro Shop. So like, what's, it, the, what's the top? Is it a field – a Fog Allen Fieldhouse? Rob Cameron. Fog Allen Cameron. Yeah. Um, the Dean Dome. The Dean Dome, probably not as much, I would say. I would you don't say, think so? I, I would say Assembly Hall over, over to the Dean Dome. Yeah, Assembly I'd Hall. I'd say Hinkle yeah. over uh, – Hinkle's amazing. Yeah, it's a fantastic place. But for like your top tier is Rob – Cameron, yeah. I would put Assembly Hall there. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Poly Pavilion, where UCLA plays, uh, I know they're terrible. Yeah. But um, Kansas, yeah. uh, Fog, the Pitt, Fog New Island. Mexico is uh, like a famously good one, too. Yeah, that's where Georgia had their only Final Four appearance. Yeah. yeah. But I would say that uh, Georgia's not, I mean, they're not that. I mean, they don't have the, the I mean, Georgia's in the top half of the SEC. It would be like Illinois having a top five football stadium. Like, there's just not yeah. enough interest to actually become that sort of thing. They don't, the students are not that. You know that will happen when they clear out old farts like me in our seats and put students down there. That's you know? but that, that's I, the dream. I, I think that's the dream. Eventually, I think they're going to need more sustained success. And because right now it's just people like me giving the money, yeah. and eventually. They'll have enough money. They won't need to do that. Yeah. But uh, I don't think they're there yet. But uh, more to the point, um, but, this is the sort of thing that gets you there. Yeah. And what I, my point about that was, it's like when Stegman gets loud, mm, it is yeah. it ranks up there with it's any good. basketball arena in the country. And it's going to be hopping Tuesday. I think it will it's be. It's going to be hopping I'm looking Tuesday. forward to it. It's also a late night. That's another yeah. fun one, too. It's a 9, 9 p.m. game. So. Oh, CrossFit's going to be early the next yeah. day. Ugh. So you have... Trivia, trivia uniforms. Yeah, see, quick sell, show. Just buy. Okay, no, no buy or sell. Nineteen trivia questions. No, or do we want to talk about the national championship game? And then we'll talk about national championship after, after trivia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and it's good that we talked about basketball because I put some basketball Sweet. trivia in good. here. The basketball. It's round. I can't promise we're going to start with that because I don't have it in any kind of order. Eighteen feet. Oh. All right. So this is WSLS episode two eighteen. Sure. Trivia question. After dark. Oh, we, we need to talk about, you just heard Will fill up his Yeah, glass. I'm the only one drinking. Tony is not I'm doing drinking. dry January, guys. I just need to prove that I actually can not drink. See, I, I, I mean, I, I can, don't need to prove that. I could stop any time that I wanted to. <laughs> well, yeah, the funny story is I went by, um, well, Friday night, the, the wife and I decided we were going to go, go grocery shopping. I was like, hey, let's run by. Let's run by Pubble Maine and see if they're doing the bourbon club. And she's like, yes, let's. And as I turn in, she's like, no, it's January. I was like, and? She's like, there's no way we go in there and not have a drink. I'm like, and? She's like, I thought we were doing dry January. I was like, Grr, Newman. Um, but no, it's, it's just, I felt like something I needed to try. 
Well, at least you didn't pick February because it's a leap year. Well, it is a leap year, but that does mean we get an extra day to hate tech. <laughs> All right, this is a uh, I've, I've been saving up my hating tech about a quarter extra every quarter year, extra each yeah. year. Don't waste so it. So I'm ahead of you guys. Don't waste it. I don't. I don't need to do an extra day. Okay, there are seven. Power five slash group of five schools with the win streak, and we're talking college football, okay. with the win streak of six or more heading into 2020 okay. or the national championship game. Okay. Can you name them? Okay, back and forth. Um, well, let's take the two. Clemson. Clemson and... and Clemson, Clemson has 29 in a row. Yeah. LSU has 15 in a row. Okay. And six is the number. So we there, them. Look, I'll give you a hint. There are three teams with a six-game win streak. Okay. There is one with a seven-game win streak, and there is one with an eight-game win streak, and two of them are Power Five, and three are Group of Five. So, because I was, I was finding one of my guests was going to be Notre Dame, but they're neither of those. Notre Dame has six wins in a okay, row. Okay, but they, so because they're neither Group or Five nor yeah. sure. Okay, okay. So Notre Dame is my guess. Um, yeah. Navy. No. The Navy, uh, the We're Navy counting bowl games, right? Counting. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I have not paid as much attention to bowl season. You're close with Navy. Army. No. Air Force. There you go. <laughs> Air the Force. Marines. The Merchant Marine. The Coast Guard. Air Force has eight in a row. Okay. Notre Dame has six. So you need two more with six in a row win streaks and one with a seven in a row win streak. And how many of these are Power Five? Only one. Only one. Only one Power Five. Uh-huh. Seven games in a row. Minnesota. No. Okay. Um, hmm. Let me give you a hint. Okay. Uh, the seven in a row. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I know it is. Tennessee. No. Tennessee has six in a row. Okay. Oh. So there's two group of fives oh, left. That's aura. That's, let's not let that happen again. I know. I know. Thanks, Indiana. One of them is uh, its head coach just left for an SEC school. <laughs> I have no idea who's Wait, left. Who's oh, FAU. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Oh, okay. good, good. And then Appalachian State also oh, has a six-game win streak. So those are they. All right, true or false, Clemson leads the all-time series versus LSU. You go first. <laughs> I'm going to say false. True. I don't know. I have no idea. The answer is false. Okay. LSU well, he got to pick first, leads so. two games to one. True or false, Clemson versus LSU have only been played... Sorry, I can't read my own writing. In bowl games? True or false, Clemson versus LSU has only been played... Clemson versus LSU have only played each other... There we go. In bowl games. True. True. That is true. They played in the 1959 Sugar Bowl... The 1996 and 2012 Peach Bowl. Does this officially count as a bowl game? I I don't know how they yeah. count it. I guess I would have to. I mean, look, I saw somebody post something about you know the worst the worst bowl streak under Rick was a four game slide, and but then like conflated bowl games with SEC championship, right, yeah. Sugar well, Bowl, and national championship yeah. losses. And so I'm like, postseason. Yeah, right. I was like, whatever. And I do have some Georgia basketball trivia, but. I figured I'll talk about this other football stuff before we get into the basketball. Yeah, okay. um, this this isn't really trivia, so I kind of lied to y'all. Um, <laughs> this is just a few interesting, a, a, fact- a few factoids, a few interesting 2020 non-conference games that okay. are coming up that we get to look forward to. So, week one, you're going to have Michigan at Washington. Okay, which is you know it's like a Rose Bowl type matchup. Uh, <laughs> Speaking that of, feels like. Sp- a- 
Speaking of Rose Bowls, I know which game you're about to say next. Go ahead. Will. By the way, if Michigan loses that game, Ooh, boy, Ooh. look out. Uh, also, uh, Ohio State at Oregon in week two. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Clemson at Notre Dame. That's not really a non-conference. But now that Notre Dame's in the ACC for right. f- for football purposes yeah. or something. So that's, that comes in week 10. So oh, that's wow. interesting. Okay. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Guys, go ahead and put the put the money in the bank. Clemson at or will Notre Dame? At. In? Okay, it's not going to rain then. <laughs> uh, Texas at LSU, they return the trip week yeah. two of uh, the season. Uh, Tennessee at Oklahoma week two. Okay. Bama at Southern Cal. Sorry. Bama versus Southern Cal in Dallas to yeah, kick off Jared. the season. Now that'll be is that that's Sunday. Cal. Whereas is that Saturday or Sunday? Uh, it's probably Saturday. I think that's, the that's Saturday. In yeah, and Georgia Virginia is Monday. on Monday. Monday. <sighs> yeah, there's a Saturday game in Atlanta. It's Auburn versus North Carolina. Right. No, that's the Saturday after Georgia Virginia. Oh, this is the next Saturday. Yeah, okay. That's week two. So there's no Saturday game in Atlanta. I think there is. I think yeah. it's North Carolina State and somebody. Yeah. Florida State? Maybe. No they're, no, they're both ACC. I think it's NC State and somebody. It might be Tech because they're going to be playing some home games there. I don't think so. No. Yeah. And Ole Miss opens with Baylor. Uh, and then the other, the last one I wrote down was Arkansas visits Notre Dame in week two. Okay. That's good for them. Yeah. All right. You ready for Georgia basketball trivia? Sure. <sighs> oh, I, I, I typed in here a primer hoping we have a NCAA tournament team. Mm-hmm. All right. How many times has Georgia in basketball made the NCAA tournament in its history? Total. I was kind of surprised at this. <laughs> Eleven. Um. Let's see. One, two, three. Probably more than that. Uh no. Four. I'm gonna say ten. You're kind of right. Okay. The answer is 12. Yeah. Okay. But the 1985 and 2002 visits have been vacated by the NCAA. It so count. technically. They, they, they count. They count. Okay. They happened. They count. Yeah. USC won their championship. Yep. True. They happened. Reggie we were Bush there. We all watched won it. the Heisman. When was the last victory by Georgia mm. in the NCAA tournament? See, this may have actually been before my time because it was. they've only played one tournament game since I moved here and they lost to Michigan State. Um, I'm going to say it would have been the year before Harris last year, which would have been because they did not win when they when they won the big, the SEC tournament during the during the tournament. no no they, they lost um, that just bought it what's his name an extra year yeah I'm gonna say 2002 I'm gonna say 2005 the answer is 2002 oh good call an 85 68 win over Murray State which was vacated um, does not vacate so if you go back. When was the next to longest time that they won a tournament game? When was the last time they won before 2002? There you uh, go. 99. I don't think they won Close. one in 84. No, probably 98 that year they went to the Sweet 16 against the, Syracuse. When they beat number one Purdue. God. They lost Syracuse. We had Syracuse on the road. It was overtime. And Bayheim called the. 3-2, and we just and they couldn't, couldn't do nothing with it. There is footage on YouTube, by the way, from like 1984, mm-hmm. 83, of Illinois and Georgia playing yep. in a tournament game. Yep, tournament game. What is Georgia's all-time record versus Illinois in basketball? Uh, I know the last time they played was in Duluth. Yeah. It was in Duluth uh, at the uh, – uh, um, and Illinois lost. 
Um, three to Illinois. I'm going to say two, one, Georgia. Illinois leads the series four wins to one. Okay. So, okay. And Georgia won the last meeting in 2009, yep. 70 to 67. I, uh, my, here's my backstory to that game. I, 2009, I had been dating my wife for about a year and a half and we were visiting that, that was, that would have been around a holiday. Maybe. Yeah, it was in December. Yeah, and because uh, we were visiting her family in Buffalo, and we were ch- and our flight landed around halftime. I was frantically checking the score. Buffalo Airport's very, very close to her brother's place, so we got back, and everyone was all waiting for us. And I said, eh, eh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'll see. You. I'll meet all you Stevensons later. I'm catching the end of the Illinois Georgia game, so I can just rub it in Alexa's face about how, like, yeah, you got us in football." Yeah. But come on, we're going to kill you in basketball, and then Georgia beat us. And then uh, they were like, okay, so who's this guy? I'm like, oh, I'm Will. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk to me. I'm I sad because Illinois lost. I went to the uh, the game that was the first part of that home-and-home home yeah. at the United Center. Yeah, I was yeah. at that game because yep. I was in Center. Illinois at the time. Yeah. All right, two more questions. When was the last time Georgia basketball was ranked by the AP poll? Um, I'm going to say 2002. Uh, I'm going to say 2000. It's more recent than that. Let's see, two. It's more recent. It's 2003, I think. It's got more recent than that. I don't think we were in time under Fox. Almost 20 years without being ranked. I'm going to say three. January 10th, 2011. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way it's that long. Huh. They were ranked 24th. Yeah, no way it's that long. And then the last question, when was the last time Georgia was ranked in a final season poll? Oof. That's probably like That's three. 1996. 96. Is that Herrick? Really? 16th. Tubby. 16th in the USA Today poll. Huh. Of course, we all know the one year they went to the Final Four. 83. 83. Yeah. Five Gemma Slamma, uh, North Carolina, and Houston. I'm sorry. NC State. State. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia beat Worthy and Jordan that year. So that's good to know. If if, uh, That's right. Yep. Uh, So if uh, Georgia... Wins on Tuesday will be the first time they'll be ranked. I'm, I think they'll be ranked uh, since 2011. That would be quite a little feather in that cap. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, like you know, look basketball rankings. Here's the thing: basketball rankings are great for talking points, and they they are good for the program. Um, and, and a lot of this is the corollary argument to if you expand the college football playoff too much, some of the stuff doesn't matter as much because you really just have to be either win your conference or be one of the best 32. Is that how many there are now at large teams? Um, 34. 34 at large teams. Um, and then you're playing in the postseason where anything can happen. Uh, so. I just want to be Kentucky. You just got to get in. You I just, just want to be Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Even if if they end up not making the tournament, but they beat Kentucky, that's going to be a moment. Yeah, it would be a great moment. But you know what right? would be great? If they don't and they make the NIT, then maybe hosting UNC here at Stegman in an <laughs> NIT game. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be kind of cool, yeah. Be a good consolation. No, I'm going to guess Edwards is not playing the NIT. That feels very... Yeah. That feels very... I'm not... Uh, yeah. Thomas, I don't, I don't think he has to. I think yeah. we'll be good enough by then. So, guys... Um, one, last, one last check. Yeah, let's do the national championship yeah, one game. One last check. Make sure. What's the spread on that game? Uh, it's LSU three. Yeah, Curry. Clemson just doesn't get any respect. Yeah, five and a half. Clemson. Yeah, Sweeney's going to be leaning into that five one. Five and a half does seem high. I will confess. What are you, you going to make it a pick'em game or something? No, but five and a half. Like Clemson's. Like not only like they're they're awesome. playing they're playing in New Orleans. Yeah, I know, but like 
I think, look, if Clemson, <laughs> so we'll put it this way. Clemson beat Alabama twice in the national championship game. Clemson, That's got to be worth something, man. Clemson is a very, very good football team. They showed it against Ohio State. I just don't think I don't think Clint, think Clemson. I mean, I don't think LSU kicks field goals their first two drives if Clemson lets them get that close. That's the only reason Ohio State didn't beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's if if this were not a team of destiny for LSU, I would say it's going to be just like that two three game in the Fiesta Bowl where some call goes one way or some break goes where the ball bounces funny. I just it's going to be LSU because. It's their year, and they just have looked special doing it. Now, if Clemson beats them... I feel like we might have said that about Georgia. People probably say that about Georgia two years ago. It, it was damn near true, right? <laughs> yeah, but um, it wasn't, as you, um, you may remember. But, you know, the, the thing... The th- if, Clemson, if Clemson beats LSU... It's, this is not the era of Alabama, guys. Oh, it's I the era of Clemson. <laughs> and we need to get used to that. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. But I think so LSU wins. you make a wins. prediction? I think LSU wins. What's the score? Um, something ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's going to be a lot of points, I think. Probably 37, 31, something like that. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun game, and it's going to uh, – Take five hours? Well, yeah, it's a national championship <laughs> game. I mean, Will's this is literally – essential time. For you, yeah. <laughs> um, so will uh, you know when will does his uh ruin someone's life podcast of what happened at the game it's going to be two forty five we should do Eastern. that we should just let you call in um, and record for three three minutes i'm gonna go with, i i do think it's gonna be high scoring i think uh i mean gosh i I watched like everybody else did I watched that first quarter where Clemson couldn't even stop Ohio State, and you're right, Tony, Ohio State kicked field goals. I saw Joe Burrow in person, and I saw what he did against Oklahoma. And I think if he's given an inch, he's going to take way more than an inch. And I see LSU jumping out to a big lead, maybe twenty-one to something by halftime. Clemson, of course, you know, closes the gap because everybody makes a run, right? Kind of like in basketball. Uh, I think final score: LSU forty-two, Clemson. 28. I hope it's closer than that because I want to really, uh, I want a barn burner to watch if I'm going to stay up four and a half hours watching that thing. But yeah, I don't think there's any way Ed O is denied in his home stadium. I'm taking Clemson, baby. I'm taking Clemson. I, I tell you, Clemson, Clemson's defense is better. Their defense is better. And LSU's has, defense has gotten better. And they certainly looked better against Georgia and looked better uh, against Oklahoma. Oklahoma still put up a lot of points on them. And I think Clemson's defense is really good. I think Ohio State scored a ton of points against everyone except for Clemson. And I think Clemson. And the moment where I think I think the moment where I was like I think I'm gonna I think I'm if they win this I'm gonna pick Clemson was that Lawrence run man like he we yeah, he may be like he may actually be like the guy from this era. Like you can make an argument that maybe it's Trevor Lawrence. Like maybe the figure from this, the athlete, the Tebow slash Manning slash Vince Young guy is Trevor Lawrence. He's never lost a game. He, amazing. it's amazing, right? That's, He's never lost amazing. a game. Yeah. He uh, has. He beat. He toasted Alabama his freshman year. <laughs> he toasted Alabama his freshman year. It's possible that Trevor Lawrence is like an all timer 
college football player. And we just have not really noticed it that much because Clemson's just not really had any close games all year. I'm actually taking Clemson. And fun fact, the game that he almost lost where he got injured, and in, I think it was against uh, Syracuse mm-hmm. at yes. home, yes. Uh, Chase no Bryce Ryan. is right. the uh, backup quarterback, and he's the one that came in and won the game. Fun fact, his mom is Walker, my sixth grade my sixth grader at uh, OCMS is his teacher. Oh, awesome. So what's he doing now? Who? The quarterback. He's still backing him up. He's still backing him up. Yeah. Yeah. He's still there. He go to North or he went to Grayson high school. Oh, Grayson. That's right. That's right. I remember. Yeah. So who's the, who's the the guy that uh, is the, it's the North Dakota guys going to Clemson next year, right? Oh, no, the Oconee guys going to LSU. Oh, see that's Yeah, right. Max Johnson. Clemson only wins national championships with Georgia quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. But I, just, I, I mean, listen, I'll put it this way. If Clemson wins this game, you, not only what you're talking about with Clemson, this being the Clemson era, I think like, I, it's possible that Trevor Lawrence is just the greatest college football quarterback of all time. Like, he's never lost, and he's about to have a chance to win his second national championship. Buck Bully would like a word. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> yes. So, so would Fran. Um, You're right. <laughs> but, um, all right, everyone. Well, enjoy the National Championship game. I will be there. I'll give us a little, like, five-minute yeah, segment. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. And obviously, if Fromm announces he's leaving, we will do something. Wait, wait, our... If Fromm announces he's staying, we will not yeah. do a special podcast. We'll light a fire and puff smoke. Yeah, yeah. puff. Yes, yeah. if with the plume, we'll know if, the, if it's a gray plume. No, no, no. It's oh, January, man. Yeah. Um, what is it? Is it the white plume means there's white a new pope? White means there is a right. new pope. You know, I know that because I watched a couple of popes. A couple of popes. <laughs> a couple of popes. I've watched a couple of popes. Watch a couple. Couple of popes, a couple and, of freaking popes. Um, so, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, yeah. when Will we'll gets some in. of his submarine training. We'll uh, we'll get yeah. back together in a couple of weeks. Yes. So, yes. Um, guys, this has been sustaining. Thank you very much. Of course, it's and good to, um, everybody be back. Hey, see, this was a quick look. Show. Look for yeah. us, guys. Right around an hour. Georgia won the Sugar Bowl. Okay, yeah. and I know none of you went. Although I know some of you went. Um, there's a lot to look forward to in this season. Though it was disappointing that we did not play in the national championship, Georgia won the Sugar Bowl. And whatever world you live in, the world Tony lives in, that's a good thing. My team's never won the Sugar Bowl. That sounds really fun. And I think yeah. if Georgia ever plays Baylor again, they need to make Baylor the visitor team so we don't have to see those green barriers in front of the television cameras. That was the most annoying thing ever. They are, they were, Speaking of war criminals. No, I wonder... <laughs> I think Baylor has more to answer for than just the. Green well, Bears. there's that. But uh, I also wondered if part of that was the Superdome, right? Like, yeah, just, yeah. Like, the like the, the, the sight lines are kind of right, funny. The yeah. angle of the Superdome yeah. was part so of that. So bad. Too. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited. I've never been to the Super Bowl. I will be uh, the Superdome. I will be the Superdome for the first time. Don't get your hopes up. I'm, no, to me, I actually love old places. Like, like I hate Jerry World. I hate San Francisco Stadium. I like the the seventies version of it. It's, it's very seventies. It's get very seventies. And that's it's, it's I love 70s, stuff like yeah. that. Like the Met, I love the Metrodome. Yeah. And the, I mean, Civic Plan. There's a, a law, ongoing theory among Civic Planning among uh, uh, sports like sociologists that actually those multi-purpose stadiums they're so much better for cities. That you can use them all the time. They're yeah. not as like they don't have billion dollar stripper poles like uh, like Jerry World does or uh, what pools like Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. but uh-huh. they're better. For everyone, yeah. so well, I'm excited to see. It. Can we pour one out for the Saints? No, I don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, in, in jest because yeah, of the way moment. they lost. Matthew Leach, uh, our friend, your friend of mine, Matthew Leach, yeah, put on Facebook tweet. yesterday. Yeah. Or, yeah. Twitter too. That uh, and I totally understood this. Until I moved here, I had no idea there was a Falcon Saints. Oh. Thing. It's a thing. 
I didn't know there was a Falcons yeah. Saints thing until it's I like Georgia it. versus Auburn hate. Oh come on, it can't be that. Yes, um, yeah, it's it's pretty close. And, and the, the, the funny thing is, Saints no, fans, you guys don't care enough about the Falcons to have that much hate. Here's the thing: there are people that do though, and. Actually, Saints fans hate Falcons fans even more, which is weird considering they won a Super Bowl, right? But they definitely have a little brother theme about the Falcons, which is weird because— When they made their Super Bowl run, Atlanta fans, because everybody was rallying around them because what happened to Katrina, it was like a—you know, they were coming back. Well, they kicked that season off beating the Falcons at the Superdome. That was the Steve Gleason block. Yeah. But— Falcon fans were the only ones that felt like in the nation where they were like, no, we don't want them to win. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, it's, it's such like a Cardinal fans with Cubs fans. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. there was, so I just yeah. didn't know. But, it was I mean, it's so not fierce. quite, to, I mean, it's not, but the, I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed how Kyle Rudolph got a little bit of a push off yeah. and then the game ends and Saints yeah. fans are like, are you going to review that? Because that's mm. our rule. Nah. No, now nah, we're good. <laughs> this is a nice touch for the record. That call was not nearly, I, I, you can make an argument for that call. There's that no pass way interfer- that pass interference call from the year before is, Remains one of the worst calls. I've oh, ever sure, seen in my yeah. entire life. But I don't like, care I don't because know calls get worse. Because Todd Gurley and Rameek Wilson got to play in the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> well, the Saints were destined to practice at the Atlanta Falcon practice yeah, facility in Flowery Branch, and there were people yeah. spilling ink all, over that before it even had a chance to happen. That would have just that would have set everybody off. Yeah. But um, all right, everyone. Well, I, I'll give a, I'll give us a report. Uh, hopefully, we will not convene over the phone for a. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll not convene over the phone for the a Jake Fromm special. Jake Fromm left podcast, but otherwise, uh, I'll give you the post game report. And hey, go dogs! Go dogs! And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks with a lot more answers and specific reactions to the questions we were asking in this episode. Uh, the impact of Jake Fromm's decision. Did he go pro? Did he stay at Georgia for a senior season? The final 2020 Georgia recruiting class. And we'll grab a pulse on the state of Georgia basketball's quest to become an NCAA tournament team this year. And on a personal note, I'd like to say thank you to all of those of you who have purchased a few of my photo prints, including the famous Red Sanford photo that many of you and other Georgia fans have as their Twitter header. I'm selling signed 8x10 photos of the stadium, and you can get one of your own while supplies last by heading on over to our website, wslspodcast.com slash shop. I'll link it in the show notes this episode and follow us on social media twitter instagram and even facebook by searching at wsls podcast and that'll do it for today we'll see you on campus sometime very soon and as always go dogs go dogs